<laughs> Welcome, everybody. It's time for Podcast with Paul. Oh, look, it's great. We can learn more of our social skills. We can get attuned to our own feelings. We might even get attuned to the feelings of others. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great to know how to deal with all these difficult people that come into our life? I certainly like to. You know, those difficult people who mess with your head, they tend to block your enjoyment in life. I just like to learn to be free and happy and just to be. I'm sure you do too. Who wants complainers? Who wants show-offs? Who wants drama queens? Who wants self-promoters? No, we want fun. We want healthy relationships. Hey, you can have them. They're yours to have because you deserve them. How do we get them? It's Podcast with Paul. Welcome, everybody. Hi, everybody. Look, it's very interesting today because I wanted to introduce my very good long-term friend that I've had for some time, like oh, back when I was 43 and I'm 60 now, so... How many years ago is that? A uh, long time ago. I met this man, Nathan. Nathan Batty, his name is. I met him when he was just, I think, maybe just 17. We were doing a uh, psychology exam or a psychology year. It was year 12 at the Marden. What was it, college or something it was? I was, I think I was 40, 43, I think. What I was doing there, I don't know. But anyway, I was uh, went back to school and did year 12 psychology and I met Nathan. Hi, Nathan. How are you, mate? Hello, Paul. How are you doing? Thanks for having me here today. <laughs> you can say all the nice things, but yeah, it's nice for you to be here. I mean, you're, a, you're an interesting character still in my life because well, I thought I'd bring everyone here for you and the listeners to be able to really meet someone that was someone that had an interesting journey. And, and ever since we've been uh, friends and more or less brothers, father, son, I don't know what relationship you'd call us, but... At all that time that I've known you, we've watched each other's journey, but mm. we've always had a lot of laughter and a lot of fun and a lot of joy, and we've also grown spiritually and, and searched a lot spiritually. Mm-hmm. I was wondering if it's possible that we could create some sort of conversation that was both entertaining and interesting. Mm-hmm. I was hopeful that could be the place because the listeners will, won't, won't stay with us unless we have a bit of excitement to share. But just in, just in saying about why you were doing psychology and why psychology interested you when you were 17 mm. and how we met and where we've gone and what we've done. A little bit about that, but tell us about tell us about where we met and where were you at that time in your life. I, I think it was Martin Open Access College in the, in the lesson, in the psychology lesson. So I, I did get kicked out of school. It was a private school. And then I went to decide to become a grape picker in McLaren Vale and grapes for a season and I realized maybe that's not where I want to be for the next 10 20 years of my life for many reasons why and then decided to go back to school so I was a brickies laborer by day and then I think studying at open access college at night and why psychology I guess um, I heard or read an article I guess it's me search so researching through psychology or spirituality or metaphysics or anything along that line was almost a, a search for an acceptance for myself after, I guess, being quite an angry teenager. 
Oh, there comes the angry teenager. Mm. I see. We, I think there's an angry teenager in all of us. But yes, I noticed that about you. You were you mm. were in a space of uh, searching mm. because there was some anger hanging about, and I think you've been dealing with that anger all all along since I've known you. I think we all are. But I, I got angry this morning, actually. <laughs> Well, well, it is interesting because anger is part of our, our 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 dealing with life. But can you can you say that you've got over the, the dealing of of anger, or do you think that just it's a it's a constant battle? I've had moments where I thought I was totally over the anger, and even to the point of I was in a meditation retreat in the mountains of Japan, a ten day silent retreat, and I was sitting in the lotus half lotus, and I felt this clean flow of sensation and awareness. I went outside and I started crying. Oh. I'm going to be free of anger now. I'm free of suffering. And I went back to seat down and wanted to get the same sensation back. <laughs> and it wasn't coming. Oh. So I was trying to force it to come. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's not where it is, is it? <laughs> the teacher said, come to the front. I said, what are you doing? Man? What are you doing? So <laughs> I'm trying to get this sensation that I had 10 minutes ago. She looked at me and she said, you have increased your misery. Ooh, increased said, your misery. Well, I didn't come here for that. She said, well, now you have a new addiction. Go back, sit down, stop searching for a prior sensation experience you had and trying to recreate that. Just observe the breath and the body and that's all. Ah. So the answer, long answer to that is no. I think we're always going to be triggered and challenged by others as social humans and animals. So it will always come up and those, I don't think the goal is to be totally free from it, but more so to become more aware of it and not act out how you may have previously acted out. Yeah, that's it. I think I think you're onto it because when you're aware, then you can feel maybe anxious or anger arising. If you know that that's happening, then you're aware. So then you have a choice around how to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, awareness and often it, the, the anger might come from an area of I don't know, but past trauma, what you didn't don't know, you don't know that you had dealt with. Absolutely. Or it could be just as simple as people piss you off. Mm. And I don't know how I'm going with that, but sometimes the people that are very close to you can even piss you off. Is this very unusual? You think mm. actually? But I was having a conversation the other day with someone about the idea that. The thing that annoys you in another is sometimes the thing that annoys you in yourself. Okay, so it's almost like a mirror, mm. a mirror reflection of, of distortion coming back. Mm. Because the minute the minute you see it in another, where did it come from in the first place? Because mm. because because you see it, it must be within you. Because you're looking at it and going, well, that annoys me. Well, just a minute, is that the very thing that annoys me about me? Yeah, it makes sense. Speaking about when you speak of trauma. Adverse childhood experiences. I'm reading a, a book at the moment called "The Body Keeps the Score," mm-hmm. and it's by I, f- I forgot the author's name, but yeah, once again, the title is "The Body Keeps the Score," and he's a psychotherapist, a psychologist for many years, and he's worked with PTSD veterans from Vietnam, from various wars, and those from extremely adverse childhood trauma. And he has tested and found that the body actually remembers so we are all already in fight or flight before we are aware that we have been threatened and that comes from childhood experiences from for a lot of us that we don't even remember so 
So we're already reacting in a way we reacted when we were three or four or five from a threat. It doesn't matter how real it was. It could have been, you could have been denied an ice cream. Your big brother could have stolen your ice cream. There are no, there's no more serious trauma than, oh, I've got more trauma than you. <laughs> no, no such thing. We all have what is traumatic and we'll act out in domestic relationships or at work if we're threatened by a boss or a manager or a new understudy or look. You know, so they're very much related to memories and times we do not recall ourselves. That's why early childhood as well is so important. Yeah, that's 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 so interesting, Nathan. I, I can I can certainly relate to what you're saying because you don't always know why you're reacting, but it could mm. be because you know, those past things or that conditioned way of you reacting is something that you weren't aware of as why or you can't remember what may have happened but you, it's actually it's actually changed the person or created the person that you are inside yourself and then you're going okay how do I deal with that because we are limited to some extent as people we, we've only got what we can feel and comprehend in the moment mm. but sometimes the past has affected how we feel in the moment and we don't always know how that past could make us feel but just to allow ourselves to realize that we're not we're not always going to react the way that we think we should and we can deal with that by saying oh oh maybe i need to just take a breath and realize that i'm not going to always be the perfect person or the person that's going to make the right choice and that the choices that i do make i need to breathe through them mm -hmm. consider them forgive myself forgive others move forward in a in a place where Oh, I can feel and find some inner peace rather than uh, searching for an answer all the time because sometimes there is no answer, is there? No. No, it's just that's the way it is and, and that's a, that seems to be in a place of what they call acceptance. Mm. So acceptance, I know that you know, in, the, in the struggle of what acceptance means and how, how to accept, probably the easiest way to accept somebody is to love them and sometimes the, the loving of someone is important, but the hardest person to try and love is sometimes yourself. <laughs> so yes. the accepting of self. <laughs> How are you coping with that one? Oh, I wasn't expecting that one. I, I guess it's best to be honest. I wasn't. I was on a beach. Well, as best you can be. As I best suppose. I can be. I was on a beach last night at Normanville, mm -hmm. and it was a totally empty, secluded beach. And the seaweed had piled up at sunset along the, the f along the water and almost like monsters. You know, it's just this beautiful place down there at Normanville. And I often have this fear within me out of, I don't know what it's driven by, but it's fear. And I want to run away from the people closest to me from where I am. Okay? <laughs> it's just there. It's just there. I can't explain it. It's this lingering thing that's there and it's actually very scary. Mm. because I have actually acted on that a lot and I've moved a lot and packed up and gone somewhere else many times. But there is an adverse side effect of that is that you distance yourself and you lose people that you care about and you lose time with them and you also have to then rebuild relationships if you can. So I guess the, the big thing I got from that, not just from that realisation, but was after I went back to my nana's and watched a documentary about the life of Marilyn Monroe. And I didn't know, but actually she, by the time she was 10, correct me if I'm wrong, I, 
I don't remember all the details, but she'd been to 10 different foster homes and she spent time in an orphanage and she moved from group to group and managed to become close to some very successful men in showbiz and in politics. But deep, deep down, she was yearning to be loved, self-love perhaps, didn't have mm. a close relationship with her parents. Mm. And I really resonated with that. Um, I won't go too much into why, but that's just... Well, I think we all could. You know? I, think, I think the idea that Marilyn Monroe created this image of herself, and I think her name was Norma Jean, but, but if that was an example of a person who um, created um, herself into uh, well, this wonderful actress in, 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 in the way that she was simple and, 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 and vivacious and mm. somewhat uh, clever in her own pres presentation, but they say that the minute there was a camera on her, she would turn into a different person. Yes. Um, so maybe that person that she was turning into was somehow hiding some of the past of what maybe the trauma was sitting there behind it all. And that, and that that's, seems to be a case with a lot of people. There, there, there is the, the character they become is hiding the hiding the. Uh, past trauma and I suppose like you saying we all have past trauma that's that we could be hiding and that all of us needed need some time to be able to be aware of that and deal with it rather than ignore it because ignoring it isn't the answer no to to be aware of it and to understand it and then once you're aware of it then you can make some choices because you just said you know you you still have a desire sometimes that arises to fly away <laughs> to just run yeah 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 and it's okay to laugh at yourself and but also evidence coming back to australia recently i've gone through boxes and boxes of family photos and i've found all these photos of family who were you know holding me caring for me looking after me taking me to places places that i still go back to you know beaches thorndon park rivers and you realise, wow, I've always been cared for. I've always been loved. But sometimes we forget. So photographs maybe do have a place in just reminding us if we're lucky enough and if we have had people that truly cared for us and were our guardians, we must acknowledge that. Mm. And when we truly acknowledge that, we can have gratitude. And then possibly as adults, we can pass that on to others be it next generation or friends and families, in that we may have been challenging three or four-year-olds or 24-year-olds or 35-year-olds. <laughs> exactly, exactly. our family and friends still are there. They're still there. Yeah. And that is what we all need is connection. Yeah. And also to laugh at ourselves. Yeah. Of a confession, the biggest laughter we've had in the past three months, Saturday night, I went to get in bed. It was pitch black. And I missed the whole bed and fell flat on my face <laughs> and s hurt my knees, right? And my wife just laughed at me. Laughed. That's funny. She was crying. And I was actually like, help me, you know, help me. I'm, I'm in pain right now. <laughs> no. But it was ridiculous. It was funny. It was funny. What were you doing jumping into bed in the night with no, with no light? It on. was a half <laughs> jump and missed the whole thing. <laughs> Bang. Yes, well, that's that's laughing, <laughs> laughing at the misfortune of others is something that's, that gives us yes, joy. Yes, <laughs> it, yes, it, yes. it is it's, funny. It's true. It is funny. Hey, listeners, that was episode one with the wonderful Nathan. Look, he comes from a place of sharing and honest and uh, honest insight, and he 
doesn't have any advice to give. He doesn't have any instruction. He's just coming from a place of really just sharing how it is. And God, it's been wonderful to share that with him. A really authentic conversation. Look, there's going to be some more of that coming up in episode two. So I'll start talking about even some more deeper subjects, but also keeping it in a happy light. So welcome, everyone. That was episode one. Now we're going to episode two. That's another episode from Podcast with Paul. Special thanks, everyone. Remember to keep an eye out for our next exciting episode with more fun special guests. Find out more of what we're all about and look up the Laughter Project. Hey, everyone. Be happy. now that you're here, girl, I don't know what to say.